Hey guys, welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? It's going good. I finally got to finish Stories Untold on Nintendo Switch. Ryan, have you played this game? No, tell me about this. So Stories Untold is an episodic horror game that takes the form of text-based PC games. Oh, so the okay. first episode, you're literally in a house <clears throat> playing a text adventure game of a haunted house while the house you're in is actually haunted. Holy shit, but that's the incredible. the best thing is the screen, the view of the screen is not simply an Apple II black and green screen. Mm-hmm. The, the screen is a desk with the Apple screen in the corner and you literally have to hit the L button to lean into the screen to read what it says and then lean back out and type on the keyboard your command. Holy shit. Honestly, if it's if you're a horror game and you don't have a lean button, what are you doing, I feel? It's on the eShop on Nintendo. I It is a strong recommendation. I didn't think I liked this kind of game mm-hmm. until I got deep into it and played it. Um, <clears throat> if you want to learn from my mistake, play it in like a week, not over several months like I did, because I found out that the skills I learned in playing a text-based adventure game and how to operate a drill on alien technology were skills that showed up later in the game, and I had to know how to do that. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. This seems like one of those processes where, like, by the time you figure it out, it's just like, eh, this is fine, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so what ghoul shit have you been up to, Ryan? I just started reading V.C. Andrews's Flowers in the Attic. Yo! For the first time. For the first time. I've never read it. Um, I know the big twist that it's incest, but um, I've never read it before. I know that my aunt had a copy of it that had one of those covers that had, like, the cutout on the front cover and then a page on the inside. You know the ones? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Quincy, have you read Flowers in the Attic? I have not, but I know a lot about V.C. Andrews and also the uh, V.C. Andrews brand because Mm -hmm. she died very soon after her books became popular. Mm -hmm. So like Anne M. Martin of Babysitter's Club fame, her name is on every book, but she is not the one who has written most of the books. Ah, so it's like a James Patterson situation. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, reading Flowers in the Attic... I love how my example is Babysitter's Club, and your example is James Patterson, to the point where I was like, what? No. <laughs> yes, I, I was thinking, I was like, no, Babysitter's Club, was a, they were above board. They were legit. Shut, <laughs> shut, shut up. Shut up. It was it was her. Um, yeah, I, honestly, reading Flowers in the Attic, um, the thing I was not prepared for, although I, was, I, am, I am ecstatic about, um, every line of dialogue in this book reads like it was ghostwritten by Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale. <laughs> where when you get uh, Cheryl Blossom saying like, Mumsy, I've had the most frightful daymare. Or like, Mumsy has been cultivating esoteric herbs in the conservatory like Tannis Root and the deadly Jimson weed. And it's that, but straight-faced and all the time. Um, it is just a fucking delight. There's a bit that's at the opening of the book where, um, now it's obviously about children who were like sort of orphaned. Uh, and end up in the care of their sadistic grandmother. 
the dad that dies at the top of this book, I'm obsessed with this thing of like this uh, fantasy of what it's like to have a supportive father where like <laughs> he comes through the door and we yell papa and he's and he, and he booms come smother me with kisses if you love me and he has brought us all of these curios from his travels abroad um, and it's just it's like a rude impersonation of wasp family dynamics and I'm <laughs> I'm obsessed with it um, that sounds delightful yeah, so that's I am I am firmly ensconced right now in Flowers in the Attic. Uh, so that's yeah. Listen, if you if you haven't read it, get it on Kindle. It's I I implore you. Like every other page of this thing, I'm like showing it to somebody that I live with and yelling because of how completely insane the dialogue is. So let's talk about our Patreon. Yes, over on our Patreon, we just... It's time to pay the fucking Piper. (laughs) Listen, uh, the rent is... Pay that Roddy Piper. (laughs) You gotta pay the Roddy Piper. The rent has come due. Listen, folks, if you go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash rankandvile, we have a plethora of content. We've got an episode about uh, Santa with muscles that's going to be dropping very shortly. We've got... An you episode... hear some shocking revelations from your hosts and their feelings <laughs> on Christmas. Yeah, it's re- it's very rank and vile after dark. I feel <laughs> if if you want to if you want to see like the real the real unfiltered shit when we're not talking Can we about do like Andrews. a like a Corey nine hundred number like on the Simpsons. <laughs> Absolutely, here's words that rhyme with Corey. <laughs> yeah, it's you, you'll you'll get the real shit. Um, we've got an episode coming up uh, with uh, Matt Wallace about the movie Roadhouse. Um, that whips ass, uh, guys, if you, uh, for, for a mere $5 for the price of like a decent gas station sandwich, you too can be the proud owner of our, our Patreon content. So, uh, head on over there if you like what we do and you, uh, maybe want some more of that. Uh, I'll tell you that your money, uh, helps us do things like pay hosting fees, um, upgrade equipment, purchase movies to review on this show because Mm -hmm. they're not all free and we have to it is our duty to review everything not just everything on tubi exactly the warts and all if there is a blu-ray copy of necromantic 2 that we need to fucking dredge from the deep uh we're we're committed to the the gimmick of this podcast we're doing every movie ever made um but yeah so head over there if you uh feel so inclined and also uh, guys, we, it's, it's content that's sort of, we're already kind of loopy by the time we do the Patreon content, so it's, it's, it's particularly extra, I feel. Because <laughs> um, we're doing, because we're doing non, a lot of non-horror movies over on the Patreon that wouldn't go on the list, and so, yeah, yeah. So, head on over there. Let's get into the movie we're doing for this week. Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye, from 1985. This is, so Cat's Eye is, uh, so here's the thing. Stephen King short stories are better than Stephen King novels. Stephen King short stories are better than Stephen King full stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he his yeah, better than the sum total of him. Um and Cat's Eye is an anthology horror film, uh cobbled together with three different but intersecting kind of whatever. Listen, every anthology movie that wants to have a through line it's it's always contrived, I feel. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, a cat sees a lot of crazy things. Yeah, this this cat is a... He's a real cat about town, and he just sort of happens to end up in all these segments. Um, so, 
ca- the cat in Cat's Eye, do you ever just look at it? He's a tabby cat. And do you ever just like look at a cat and you know that his heart is full of bees and that his hands <laughs> are guns? Like there's something in the eyes that's just like, I am down for some bullshit. Uh, and the cat in this movie, um, he gets uh, snatched up off of the pavement by uh, what looks like a mafia goon and turns out to also be a mafia goon. <laughs> um, yes. And we get also, um, we, we get a bunch of like shameless uh, pops at the at the top of the movie for other Stephen King properties. Yes, there's a uh, Cujo-ass St. Bernard running around. There's Christine, the automobile, because it has a bumper sticker that says, I am Christine. It's it's incredible, by the way, that like this, the, the actual car from Christine, it says in full, watch out for me, line break. I am pure evil, capital P, capital E. I am red font, Christine. All cap, red font, all caps, Christine. <laughs> White this is, period. <laughs> this is the car Christine cutting her own promo. Like, this is just good branding. Is like, you know, wait, who is this car? Let me tell you. Watch out for me. I am pure evil. I am Christine. Um, And so we Can get... Can we talk about the director's cut of um, Christine where this bumper sticker is actually on Christine? <laughs> and the kid's like, I don't think I want to buy this. And the, the car salesman's <laughs> like... Ah, don't worry about that. And he like tries to rub it off with his sleeve. <laughs> After the events of Christine, they notice, wait a minute, look at this bumper sticker. <laughs> it was there the whole, ah, we should have looked at that first. <laughs> um, now, all right, so uh, the cat gets scooped up by a mafia capo, and um, we don't see him again for a bit. We are introduced to the first segment of this, which is called Quitters Incorporated. And it revolves around, so James Woods, now... I hate that I get excited when James Woods shows up in things because he's the worst man in the world. Wait a minute. Like, he's a shoot bad person? Oh, do you not know about James Woods? I, I'm i upset that oh. I'm going to learn about it right now. Oh, my sweet Quincy. He, on Twitter, he is the archest of MAGA chuds. Like, Ugh. he is the MAGA chud. Like, he's... Uh, it's bad. And also, there's stuff about how he, like was cruising on teen girls back in the, like, back in the day, and just, like, him being a creep. He is apparently just, like, just irredeemably MAGA in a way that's, like, it taints the experience of watching James Woods in movies. Um, I'm so sorry to make you aware of James Woods' extracurricular activities outside of horror movies. Well, it makes me feel better that I purchased this uh, on VHS for a dollar at my local record store. Oh, shit, Because yeah. James Woods is not getting a residual check from that. Oh, man. You know what it is? I, I feel like I imprinted on James Woods when I was a kid because of repeat watchings of Disney's Hercules. That, that'll do it to you. Like, his performance is Hades. It's really good. Um, it's such a shame that he recorded a Videodrome, did nothing, did Disney's Hercules, and then died. Like, you wonder what could have been if he'd lived after that. Um, so James Woods is a shit. Uh, but, so he is a smoker, and a, uh, and a and a smoker's smoker, you know what I mean? Like, he is just never not smoking. Just lighting cigarette off the end of another cigarette constantly. Yeah, and he shows up to this office called Quitters, uh, Quitters Inc., and the waiting room is, like, it's a problem. Like, it's bedlam. There's people yelling at each other. There's spouses fighting. People look like they've been electrocuted. 
because they've been electrocuted. Um, <laughs> and he, at this point, is like, oh, hey, I don't think I, I oh, it's, oh, it's James Woods. I don't know if I want to be in this office. And he starts, like, going to walk away. And then the largest mafioso in the world stops him. And, and says, is like, oh, come on in. It's your turn. Or whatever he says. Right. And so we get, so Qu- Quincy, what is the basic premise of this company? This company figured out that uh, they could torture people to make them quit smoking. Yeah, yeah, and but, and the way that they basically it was their founder had lung cancer and died, and they realized you know he was a very persuasive man because he was a mobster. Let's just use that to cure the world of smoking. Yeah, like they're like using mafia uh, tactics because and now honestly though, I I love that this is the thing is like well our mafia boss died so we decided to uh, harass people into not smoking because it was lung cancer and the now here's the thing when I, I I've thought about Quitters Inc a lot in my life because of how hard it was for me to quit smoking and I'm two and a half years uh, non smoker which is. Both exciting and also I'm like, boy, as an as as, uh, as an asthmatic from childhood, probably wasn't a great idea to <laughs> start smoking. In retrospect, um, as as so and and the 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 idea that Quitters Inc operates on, which I genuinely think is pretty clever, is like, all right, once you're in the program, there is no backing out. You cannot cancel. We are the mafia. We'll fucking kill you. Um, and the way that the guy describes it to to James Woods' character is. We will be watching you. It may be we watch you for two hours, one day a week. It might be we're watching you 24-7. We might watch you for a week, a year from now, and then nothing else. Uh, And the way that he says it is, you may see some of us some of the time. You will never see all of us all of the time. (laughs) Uh, And the idea is like, okay, so we're going to watch you and make sure you don't quit smoking. And make sure that you don't smoke. On the first uh, infraction, if we see you smoking, we will uh, abduct your uh, spouse and electrocute them. On the second one, we do worse things, and it ramps up and up and up and up until it's like, on the sixth one, we uh, if all these other deterrents about us, like chopping off your uh, loved one's limbs and doing all manner of horrors to them, if after that you can't do it, we will kill you, because we will have failed. Yeah, it's wild and then they're like to show you we mean business here's the cat that ties this movie together being electrocuted yeah they they put the cat in the room and they put on like sort of 50s rock and roll while they're just like it's like what the fuck is up with that they're like it's his conditioning (laughs) but i don't understand why that needs to be part of this scene it's it's like a room that it's like not even electrocuting people directly it's just like the floor is electricity? Yeah, the floor is lava, and you have to skip around the floor or you'll get fried. Yeah, and they abducted a cat specifically to prove this point to the specific person, which I feel is, like, pretty specific. Yeah. Um, They're like, we're, we're committed to this. Yeah. Now, James Woods, and I hate to say this, is great in this movie. Yeah, he really is. Because he plays a harried man very well. Yeah, he's just so nervy and just like... Now, the it's I think the best illustration of nicotine withdrawal I've ever seen is James Woods just like snapping at his wife and... 
you know, and he's, like, trying to maintain and trying to be nice, but ultimately, like, your body is giving up a chemical that it's become dependent on, and your nervous system is shot. Um, he does a really good job portraying a guy trying to quit smoking. And also, there's this really fascinating moment where he's like, I quit smoking, and his wife's like, you did that for me? You're so romantic. I love you so much. And he's got the this look like, yeah, but you don't know what they're going to do to you when I don't uh, stick to it. Yeah. Like, I technically quit smoking for you and that if I smoke, you'll get electrocuted. But what's wild is even when they electrocute his wife for the first time, instead of slapping him... And beating him up like the the other wife we see in the waiting room earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. She's like, come here, you big goon. I love you. We'll get through this together mm-hmm. thing. It's, which is, what? I don't, I don't get it. That's insane. If, if I get electrocuted in the mafia closet because my partner took on this contract, we are getting a goddamn divorce. Like, that's, you don't do that. What am I supposed to take away from that? Is this yet again Stephen King not knowing how to write women? Uh, same author who who uh, wrote it and the, the uh, yeah. infamous sewer sex scene. Yeah, the, the sewer um, the sewer gangbang. You think that guy might not be uh, up on his uh, gender politics? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Huh. Well, and, well, and so we, you know, we we, we get sort of these uh, bits of like uh, there's like a mob goon jogging around in front of um his name is dick uh which sure um and there's like you know he walks out in the morning now we get a bit where there's like somebody that we know is in his coat closet watching him while he's about to start smoking and as he's about to light up he hears a noise and then is like hey uh i didn't smoke so you can tell your boss i didn't smoke so you don't need to electrocute my wife gabagool and so we never find out if the guy is actually in the closet but it's pretty obvious that he is um a thing that I appreciate is that this movie has the strength of its convictions to use I'll Be Watching You by the Police diegetically. Yes, it's so good. Also, the way that uh, we see um, him break down and actually smoke. the He's stuck in traffic. He's stressed. He's like, no one can see me. I'm going to bend down into my car and smoke. Because no one is inside my car. I was waiting for a guy to sit up from the back seat. <laughs> the glove box pops, pops open and Vinny two nostrils come. Hey, I saw you smoking that cigarette. We're going to kill your wife. Like, <laughs> just from the trunk. I fucking smell it, dude. You can't, you can't keep it from us forever. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we get this really great, like, uh, cartoon dream sequence. He's at this party, and, like, it's like when a cartoon is on a deserted island and everyone's head is, like, a turkey leg or whatever, where it's, like, everybody's body is... cigarettes and cigarette packs. It's so good. Um, But, yeah, so he smokes, and then uh, he realizes, like, traffic gets going again, and he looks over and sees a guy looking at him from a car, and then he, like, waves at him and drives away, and he's like, whoa-oh. And then he gets home and his wife is gone. Yeah. And then, so he goes over to Quitter's Inc. And uh, what? What happens to the cat? The cat runs away? Yeah, the cat is is only there for uh, thematic purposes. It's it's just because we called this movie Cat's Eye, we have to have a cat. Yeah. 
But what is great is that when the cat uh, jumps out and escapes, we get uh, the main goon of Quitter's Inc. His name is Junk. Which, first of all, oh, sure, his name is Junk. Uh, but the cat runs away and Junk goes, oh, fiddly sticks. <laughs> he does. just the best line delivery I've ever heard in my life. I have disappointed my capo. <laughs> Um, which, you're a mobster, and the, the, the harshest thing you can give is off fiddly sticks. Um, but so, uh, James Wood's wife has been getting, like, shocked on the thing. At the end, she she ends up with, like, full, like, uh, Rudolph Schenker from Scorpion's hair that's just all electrocuted. But she's like, oh, I love you, I forgive you, we're gonna get through this together. And then we flash forward, and he's totally quit smoking. It's worked. Mm -hmm. He's never yeah. had a relapse. And this mobster says, how's your weight? Because this this is a wraparound program. Uh, don't gain any weight because uh, that's that's part of it too. And he says, what are you going to do about it? And he says, cut off your wife's finger. And they both laugh and he's like, I'll see you later. And then they're sitting at dinner and he toasts Quitter's Inc., and his friend who introduced him to the program's wife is sitting there, and she's hesitant to toast. But mm -hmm. then she finally goes, okay, to Quitter's Inc. And she holds up her finger, her hand with her wine glass, and she's missing her pinky finger. Stupid. Stupid. It's a stupid ending. It's a stupid ending, and I hate it. Now, here's... All right. Okay. It's stupid because... You've, like, you had a perfect premise for a thing, which was that you know the mafia is watching you forever, and you can't smoke. This just complicates things. If you've got, like, I honestly, it's some body fascist shit from the mob, I feel, to be like, Hey, I know we said we was only gonna kill your wife if you smoked, but now we've decided we get to tell you how to do hygiene and weight loss. And if you don't wax your butt, if you don't wax your butthole on time every month, we're gonna kill your fucking wife. Oh, like... Why? Gabagool will kill your wife. Like, why? I, I don't know. I just, I feel like the weight loss thing is a cheap way to make it so that the wife's finger got cut off. Yeah, yeah. It's a very lazy um, ending. Yeah, because if it had just been on your third relapse or whatever, we're going to cut off your wife's finger, then having dinner with the other person who, who like, got him into Quitter's Inc. would have just been like, Oh shit, Steve, did you did you fall off the wagon? Your wife is missing her pinky, but like this is like I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like the introduction of this body fascist shit, like it should just be we are an organization dedicated to keeping you from quitting smoking. This is some Patreon shit actually for Quitters Inc. It's like <laughs> for $5 a month, we will also threaten your family to make sure you like brush your teeth twice a day or whatever. <laughs> Like that—that's not the stated goal of Quitters Inc. And I—I I, just—I just hate the you also have to be a target weight thing. Because what are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. But so then the next session section is the cat waltzes down the street, and we get gamblers. Gamblers. It's I guess gamblers. It's. Now, here's the thing. I've been to Atlantic City exactly once, and I hated it with my whole heart. <laughs> um, it, it is the death of joy. Um, we get a segment where there are a bunch of uh, high rollers in Atlantic City, 
And it is uh, monstrous because, so the cat, uh, which I'm assuming either everything here takes place in Atlantic City or this cat is like riding the rails. I, it's a rail cat. Let's, let's say rail cat. <laughs> he is Skimbleshanks and he is going all the way to Atlantic City. Uh, and there are a bunch of um, high rollers who are like, they've got the cat. And they've decided to, to do this thing of like, oh, I'm going to bet on whether or not this cat is going to get crushed by all the heavy traffic on the street trying to cross the road. Um, and this cat, and also I would say that of all the movie cats, this cat is like the Laurence Olivier of movie cats. <laughs> like, he's really he, putting in the hours. He really, he's a goddamn professional, this cat. Uh, and he's like method cat. <laughs> He's, like, backstage with people with, like, Hot Wheels cars trying to run it past him, and he's just trying to get into the head of this cat. And so they, you know, the cat crosses the street, and they're like, wow, the cat didn't die. Um, there is, so there's a, a guy in this who was played by the same guy who played the lead from Airplane, <laughs> by the way, which is the only place I know him from. Uh, what's the, so there's an evil mob boss that's the main baddie? Yeah, he's like... He just keeps saying, I gotta keep you on your toes. It's like, you have to pay us back. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. So we've got this young dude um, who uh, I think owes them money, but also has made the fatal mistake of having sex with a woman who is this guy's wife that he that he also doesn't like. Um, I'm, you know, I don't mean to tell stories out of school. This movie's got some weird gender politics. <laughs> it's bizarre. This is also where my honest to goodness VHS copy had some tracking errors on the tape, so I'm a little bit literally fuzzy on this section of the movie. Oh no! All right, so uh, I'll. So what happens is that uh, so it's two guys, Cressner and Norris, and Norris is the guy that owes the mo- uh, owes the not the mob, I guess owes the casino guy's money um and so he uh basically blackmails uh Kressner blackmails this guy into like all right we're up on this huge high-rise building uh in the 1980s and it's a very 1980s high-rise building i feel with like yeah. gl- glass blocks and shit um and he tells the guy like all right uh if you make it all the so we've got this uh ledge that goes around my penthouse if you can straddle the building and make it all the way around on this, like, hundred-story or whatever uh, building, I will grant my wife that I hate a divorce that you also want to be with. So uh, this goofus is like, sure, let's do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he couldn't just be like, no, you fucking maniac, like, grant your wife a divorce. Like, just, well, I don't know why... I don't think it's ever totally specified why he can't. Oh, excuse me. He is a he is a moff he is a crime boss, not necessarily a mafia boss. Very mafia centric. The movie Cat's Eye. Yeah. Um. And so, honestly, as somebody who is a little bit acrophobic, this segment was a lot of me like white knuckling it through, watching somebody try to hug a ledge and walk all the way around a building. Well, what he fails to mention is, oh, by the way, I get to fuck with you the whole time. <laughs> God, he because just... he's just constantly opening windows and going, <laughs> and every time he's just like uh, throwing shit at him and just yelling like, 
just keeping you on your toes. Like, every time he does it, this whole thing is like an anti-tourism ad for Atlantic City, I feel. Um, and the idea is, also, uh, the, the mob boss tells him, like, if you don't do this shitty um, Nickelodeon's Guts obstacle course, uh, I will call the cops, and the cops are going to come and arrest you because of all the drugs I've planted in your car. So he's basically doing all of this to get revenge on Norris for sleeping with his wife, who he also doesn't like. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the idea is not only you need to do this, if you don't do this, you're going to go to jail for the drugs I put in your car. It's, um, underwhelming. Yeah! Like, we get a bunch of sort of cliffhanger moments of Norris sort of hugging the ledge and almost falling to his death and it never quite, you know, happens. And also the thing is this section does make prominent use of a clown horn. <laughs> um. It does. He throws, he, he, he gahonkas at Norris several times on the ledge trying to get him to fall. Then the best way that it shows how high up they are is he drops the clown horn and it smashes on the sidewalk. <laughs> Just a little hunk. <laughs> like it's 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 fucking great. Uh, now the t- the 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 cat uh, who ties this this whole thing together. Um, I love that this cat is also out up there on the ledge with him, just, like, vibing while this guy is getting <laughs> harassed by a mob boss and trying not to fall to his death. Um, which is just, it's just great. There are also a shitload of mean pigeons throughout this, which, like, this is, we've got the central uh, conceit of the thing, which is you need to hug this ledge and move all the way around it. Uh, and also a bunch of shit's gonna fuck with you while you try to do that. Um, and pigeons just keep pecking at his foot and just landing on him and like harass- he's getting harassed by pigeons, which I assume that Atlantic City pigeons all also carry guns. Just like it's this is a host- this is a city that wasn't built to sustain human life. Listen, if if Chicago pigeons are as gnarly as they are, I want to say that Atlantic City pigeons are like uh, three steps above. So if, <laughs> if Chicago, Chicago, where I saw a pigeon without toes, mm-hmm. literally balancing on a nub <laughs> and eating a French fry, if, if that Chicago footless pigeon is the toxic crusader, Atlantic City is the full-on <laughs> R-rated Toxic Avenger. Well, his foot is missing because his spouse fell off the wagon with smoking and the pigeon pigeon mob had to come collect on him. Um, Yeah, you're totally right. Like, I honestly, I my side note here, my favorite thing about pigeons being in urban centers, are you familiar with why there are so many fucking pigeons in big cities? No. They, all right, get this shit. So apparently back during the 19th century, doves were a really popular uh, pet to have and a really popular gift to give people. And you would, so you would give people pigeons and then, because there's like very, very little difference between doves and pigeons. And if the person you gave it to was like, ugh, I'm tired of this fucking pigeon, they would just let it out into the wilderness in the city and so we just have huge feral colonies of pigeons because of how many of them were given as gifts back in the day. Oh man, that's 
as someone who is beset upon by feral cats at this moment, that is very <laughs> identifiable. Wait, what is your feral cat situation at the moment? So I live in an apartment complex wherein I just have a cat that comes into my apartment every time I open the door long enough and don't pay attention. <laughs> oh my god, you have a, so you have a cat now? I guess. I it, Officially, no, I do not feed this cat, therefore I do not have a cat. Mm-hmm. But ah, <laughs> uh, not has, yet. He has decided that he lives here. I have had so many cats that started this way because j- I remember there was uh, years ago we we had a cat uh, that was a f- stray cat that like I was sitting on the couch eating Taco Bell and somebody opened the door and the cat immediately ran into the house, jumped up and looked at me eating Taco Bell like you gonna fucking give me some of that or what? <laughs> and yeah so the the thing is it's like the fey the moment you feed that cat this cat owns you now yeah yeah so i i ain't feeding that cat i'm not <laughs> i'm not a sucker <laughs> <laughs> you're a stronger person than i am i am i'm immediately just like oh shit my son i have a new cat like so it's... i'm also financially motivated because i signed a lease and promised I would not buy a pet while living in this place. Ah, there we go. That's, you know, that makes sense. If you're just like, listen, little guy, it's you or me, and I like me more. I made a promise, and I'm (laughs) nothing if not a man of his word. (laughs) Holy shit. I I, I hope things work out for that cat somehow. I mean, he'll be fine, right? Like, if he's a stray cat? I'm just John Proctor... Sitting on my porch yelling, it's my name! <laughs> Side oh, note, this little uh, bastard is rubbing against me with his back. And this cat is just Winona Ryder in the Crucible, which is just like, yeah, but uh, is it though? Is that your name? Uh, it's God. Just subjectively in a bathtub for some reason. <laughs> cats are fuckers, and I, I, I appreciate it about them. Um, So we... Uh, we get a little bit where, um, he's, uh, getting harassed with clown horns and pigeons, and, um, we get a fire hose brought into the (gasps) mix. Because you want that in your penthouse apartment, I guess? Um, and we think it knocks... Yeah, yeah. So we think that it knocks, uh, Norris off of the building, and it didn't, but he makes it all the way back into the apartment. And the mob boss is like, all right, well, I'm a man of my word. I'll give you the money I promised you or whatever. Uh, and then he's also like, I also promised you my wife. Here's her severed head. And he throws the bag at him and the wife's head comes tumbling out. Um, and so at this point, uh, Norris attacks the mob goon and the tomcat, by the way, trips uh, one of the main goons, uh, minor goons who drops the gun and we get Norris just like he kills, he kills the goon and then point points it at the head at his, uh, erstwhile tormentor. And he's like, time to get on the fucking ledge pal. And then for no good reason, the next story takes place in a completely different state of the union. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In North Carolina, by the way. Uh, so how, is this like is this a different cat but if there's like a society of them that just enact it's this is Are like the that cats the watchers of the Marvel universe they're just like <laughs> always resigned to see weird scary shit 
Honestly, it's like uh, in Freddy vs. Jason how the teens are like, they, they start the movie in Springwood, Ohio, and then they're like, ah, we need to make this final confrontation happen between Freddy and Jason. Let's just pop over to Crystal Lake, New Jersey to give him home court advantage. <laughs> and it's like yeah, a little, like it's like a, a short jaunt in that wizard van or whatever. And it's like, nobody understands geography here. So this house has a little girl named Drew Barrymore. Uh, and she's having bad dreams and also she adopts a cat yeah the 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 cat and uh she she names him general which i i don't know if that's his like canonical name i mean look stephen king is not the best cat namer we got church we got general (laughs) yeah i mean i i mean you know according to cats names cujo Whips ass. General oh. Church, not so good. Not so good. Although I guess m- maybe he's a jellical cat and has a more whimsical name we're not made aware of. Oh, yeah, yeah. His true name is uh, kept from us because to know a cat's <laughs> true name is to possess their power. Exactly. Uh, also, the last movie I saw in theaters before this nightmare with COVID happened was definitely Cats. Worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Great time at the movies. Theaters may never exist again, but at least you got to see cats. <laughs> we so we've we've done gather cats. around children and listen to your grandpere, and let me tell you of the last film, cats. Yeah, like in front of like a smoking barrel in the wasteland, like <laughs> waiting to. It's gonna be like Cormac McCarthy's The Road, but all we can talk about is Cats 2019. Man. Um, the road ruined me, but not in the way that you would expect. Uh, just in the way that I cannot use Tide or Coca-Cola without feeling guilty that I have not left it on a pan to drain every last little bit out. Oh man, see, I've never, I've never actually read The Road. The only Cormac McCarthy that I've read has been Sutri. Listen, if there's a Cormac McCarthy to read, it's Sutri or Blood Meridian. It's not The Road, but The Road is pretty good. Well, there we go. I honestly, I, I feel like I watched the movie version of The Road and then was like, I'm cool. Yeah, you're you're good. There's nothing <laughs> really to it. Although there is a very heartwarming scene where they find a Coca-Cola and like the dad shares a Coke with his son. And it's like, the kid's like, holy shit, this is amazing. It's like, yeah, bud. And that's the last one we'll ever have. <laughs> And that's much like Cats 2019. Like that's the last <laughs> that's the last movie you're gonna see in theaters. Uh, Jellical Cats. That's what you get. Um, yeah. So this it's... motherfucker moves in, and um, little Drew Barrymore is suffering from night terrors. Yeah, she's having a bunch of bad dreams. Um, which I now Drew Barrymore is really good in this movie, but I think that's just because she was a like I, I think a really good child actor. I mean, she is also great on the Santa Clarita Diet, by the way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I haven't seen that. So. Oh, I don't know if you've seen it, but like I, she and Timothy Timothy Oliphant have that show is I was expecting to hate that show so much, and it's honestly a fucking delight because of just like a couple where like one of them becomes a zombie, and then her husband goes like, well. I promise to be married to you and love and honor you, so I guess we need to navigate your life as a zombie now. And it's honestly, it's really, it's really good. You should, you should check it out. Um, For sure. But so uh, there, she's having bad dreams, which we find out are the results of a gremlin, a who, troll. Who, yeah, he is a troll. Honestly, I'm just gonna say it. 
This this troll puppet is fucking great. It, it's very good. Also, it's voiced by Frank Welker, Scooby Doo himself. Oh, it's an entire mood when he gets yeeted across the room and goes, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> "Wait, are you? <laughs> wait, this was this was Frank fucking Welker? God damn, that is wonderful. Honestly, like Frank Welker." I think there's a certain class of celebrity who should always be introduced. It's, it's character actors is what it is. But it's people who should always be introduced as the great Frank Welker. The great Frank Welker. The Mel Blanc of our time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Puts in the work as this little troll with his grunt. There's no... There's no words that this guy says. It's all just little wheeze <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. No, it's wonderful. Like that's he doesn't. You know what? His emo- his his emotion is where it needs to be for this performance. He doesn't need words as a little gremlin puppet. Um, and he's got like a little jester hat with little jangles on it. And he, I love is... that he's got goddamn jingle bells on his hat because he's <laughs> sneaking around at night. He he is. It's basically the size of a mouse. He's cut a hole in the in the um, drywall. He's sneaking out of the baseboard, stealing this child's soul, and sneaking back before the adults catch him. And yet yeah. he's got goddamn jingle bells all over his clothes. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Like this is not subtle, my guy. Like if you're tr- you're trying to keep a low profile as a troll who emerges emerges to steal the breaths of children, maybe consider like a swim cap or like a beanie or something. Like you don't no, want them just hearing full on gesture. <laughs> just little jangle jangles, and and he's like, you know, sitting on this kid's chest and like, and and this is also an old wives' tale about cats, is that they will steal your breath while you're sleeping. Yes, I know this because a character diegetically says, you know they say cats steal your breath while you're sleeping. We should get rid of the cat if she's having trouble sleeping. This movie has heard of subtlety, but never actually met it. It passed by it once at a party and was like, oh, no, just uh, ships passing in the night. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's... it's um, so Drew Barrymore adopts this cat and is... Drew Bar- Honestly, Drew Barrymore with General the Cat is basically me with any cat where I'm like, I love this cat and they're my friend now. Um, and her parents, now, her parents suck. They are, they, they are terrible, awful people. Like, the mom is immediately like, you know what, kid? Fuck that cat. I fucking hate cats, and I don't want you to have that cat. Um, and it's, I don't want good, I want good things for Drew Barrymore. I do not want good things for her parents. Yeah, yeah, her parents are very bad. Yeah, and so the mom is super aggro, like, unsolicited and out of nowhere from Jump Street, super aggro about this cat being in the house. And she's always like a hair trigger away from being like, Lassie's going to a farm upstate, kiddo. Like, she is always ready to kill this cat. Um, General... Which I... Okay, okay. So, here's the thing. These parents are very tired. They've been woken up in the middle of the night for like a week straight with what sounds like a cat and a troll fighting because what it actually is <laughs> is a cat and a troll in mortal combat you're com- you know what you're completely right i'm actually being a little unfair to these parents like they just they're... want to sleep they're like please as someone who was on the on skype with me when my children got out of bed and thought it was morning <laughs> and proceeded to request <laughs> breakfast at nine o'clock at night i i don't like, uh-huh. i don't 
I don't mean to to talk about this on main, but being on that Skype call with you, because we were, so folks, we were doing our uh, Patreon episode uh, for Santa with Muscles. And at this time, Quincy's beautiful children decided that it was time to wild out Um, (laughs) because they were, they were supposed to be in bed. But like, honestly, after hearing you uh, uh, grappling with needing to try to get some kids to bed, I think I've just decided to extend a little bit of grace to the parents in this segment. Like, but they, you, they still suck because they blame a cat and they're willing to kill this cat, uh, which is very um, zero to a hundred escalation. They there is yeah there is zero segue. What so what happens is that General the cat gets framed by a gremlin. Um, the troll in the segment uh, the, the the kid has uh, like a little a little bird in a cage in her room. Um, and one night, the 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 troll decides that he's gonna fucking cause some bullshit, and so he eats the bird, and then gets into a fight with uh, I almost called him Church. Gets into a fight with General, um, and just like blah, and like runs back into his hole. And then the parents come running into the room, and they see dead bird, they see cat covered in blood, and this is when they decide that it's time to shoot Old Yeller in the back of the head. Yeah, and and Drew is like no. He's my friend. Don't do it. And they're like, well, it's just a matter of time before it happens. You know, very well. We won't kill him tonight, but we should very likely kill him in the morning. Uh, kind of <laughs> exactly. Good work, General. Most likely kill you in the morning. Um, and, they, <laughs> so, and it's uh, so eventually the the cat goes to the um, old uh, to the 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 cat shelter where they're going to kill him. He, okay. So he finally redeems himself because he fights this troll in a, like the entire film's budget is spent on the, um, the, the camera angles, the matte paintings, the mm-hmm. giant sized bed they constructed for the human sized troll actor to look like he's a foot tall. It rules. Um, yeah. So the the cat the troll fight and the troll gets thrown into a box fan and uh, gets just minced. Yeah, honestly, this is like so watching this troll get like shredded by the box fan. Um, I also feel like and, and and again I don't I'm I'm not this cat's publicist and I have no direct. I mean this cat is long dead by now, um, but I just feel like. This cat is one of the best cat actors in terms of the stunts they got this cat to do. Um, so much of it is very obviously like somebody off camera with a feather on a stick getting this cat to look like it's fighting a troll. Um, but this troll gets yeeted into a box fan and shredded. And so the parents run into the into the room and they're like, Gah, how did this cat that we want to murder with our hands so much every moment of our lives, how did he get back in here? And then Drew Barrymore's like, hey, so there's a troll in my box fan. And they look like, and shut up, Drew Barrymore. And then they're like, "Well, look at this giant hole in the wall, and <laughs> and look at this tiny knife and this hat with jingle bells on it. That's a strange outfit choice for a troll <laughs> sneaking into my child's bedroom." Yeah, the parents have to acknowledge. Like, I mean, his outfit is pretty elaborate. I mean, it's he's got a <laughs> tiny knife. I don't know. Like, he's all right. You know, we maybe if it had just been a naked troll, they would have been like. Wow, look at this fucked up lizard. But they were, you know, they immediately realized, like, my God, we've been fools. 
General the Cat is has been right all along, and there was a troll harassing our daughter in the night. Um, I <laughs> love so knows much that trolls wear jingle bell hats. And that's how you know. That's like the first thing you hear is the jingles. Um, <laughs> I love <laughs> that the climax of this movie is just a cat playing with things. Like this is the 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 the, the biggest segment that's supposed to close out this movie. And it's just a cat being like meow and just like batting at shit. <laughs> Um, it's, it's great. Uh, and then we, we get sort of a, a fake out scene at the end where, um, General the Cat, uh, you know, like, the, the parents have decided, like, oh, this cat is actually alright after all. I guess we won't shoot him in the back of the head the moment we get the opportunity to. And the cat is, like, sleeping on Drew Barrymore's chest, and we hear, uh, suspenseful music that the cat is gonna try to, like, suck her breath out. And then the, the cat just, like, headbutts her head and is a sweet cat. <laughs> um, which I'm into that as the as the thing that closes out the movie. Um, this movie, I feel like it is middle tier Stephen King. Yes, it's not top tier, um, but it's definitely not bottom tier. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as like Maximum Overdrive or something, um, which is a stay tuned for sure. I feel on this podcast. You know um, the other Stephen King killer car movie. <laughs> Listen. Cell. Oh wow! I forgot about Cell. Man, there are so many bad Stephen King adapts, but like this one, I would say like it's flawed for sure and not that good. But there are so many bits about it that I was like, this is one standard unit of anthology horror movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and the great Frank Welker really classes up the film. The great Frank Welker classes up everything he's involved in. I feel like the great also applies to like. Lance Henriksen and Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Okay, so we have on this list Trilogy of Terror, which famously stars Karen Black being harassed by a tiny dude. The great Karen Black. Yes. <laughs> Is this movie better or worse than Trilogy of Terror? I think way better than Trilogy of Terror. I, I feel like, um, it, I mean, the Quitters Inc. segment alone is genuinely really effective like creepy horror segment yeah whereas trilogy of terror we only remember for karen black um although i think she is in all three segments but we only yeah. remember that that little um doll yeah it's nothing without her now scrolling up the list a little bit um at number 334 we have motel hell um, which is another sort of, for me, like, middle-tier horror movie. Um, no, it, I would, it takes all kinds. <laughs> oh, all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it does feature, like, farm equipment hippie, hippie murder and a guy with a pig head on his head with a chainsaw, which is fun. It chainsaw sword fight. Yeah, but, now here's the thing. I feel that this is better than that because we have that James Wood James Woods performance and also Drew Barrymore at the end of it. Right above that is Murder Party at number 333. Quincy, which is a better movie, Murder Party or Cat's Eye? You know, I'm going to say Murder Party because this is kind of the very beginning of uh, Mumblecore. It, it sold on the very... It's sold upon the hey, what if we did, um, what if we did Napoleon Dynamite, but a horror movie? He's even mm -hmm. got the like little shitty mustache. 
I remember when it oh, came yeah. out, uh, renting it on video and thinking like, oh, this is stupid because it's just trying to cash in on that fame. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I look back on it, it's very much a uh, ahead of its time kind of film. Yeah, I mean, like, and the guy that made it, Jeremy Saulnier, like, this was sort of proof of concept, I think, where he was like, I can do a horror movie, and later on he did fucking Blue Ruin and Green Room. Yeah, and also it's got fucking Macon Blair in it, who is yeah, it on tap to direct the new uh, Toxic Avenger sequel. Man, that's also going to feature Peter Dinklage, by the way, which I just saw. Yeah, that that's that's something I've yet to process. Uh, we'll <sighs> if, talk about that in a future episode. If it's, if it's not a trauma version of Toxic Avenger, I don't know that I'm going to want a good version of that. Like, I don't know that I'm prepared for that. But yeah, so well, I feel... you're in good luck, because... It's not going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God for that. I don't want to live in a world where there's a good movie called The Toxic Avenger, by God. Um, But yeah, so I feel good about that. So coming in at our new number, 334, uh, above Motel Hell and uh, below Murder Party is Cat's Eye. Um, Goddamn. Yeah. Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? We are all over social media. We're on Twitter at Rankin Vilecats, and we are on Instagram at Rankin Vile. Uh, we have a Discord. We have our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Rankin Vile. Um, we also can be reached on Gmail at Rankin at gmail.com. Yeah, if you have any movies that you uh, want us to do on the podcast, I know we weren't able to get to any requests this episode. But um, if any of you out there are wanting us to do the Blob remake, you're going to want to uh, send a request over there or drop it on our Ask Box on Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr is um, tumblr.com slash Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that is about all I've got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. <laughs>